it's really weird because honestly if covid never happened i would love life a lot more like that'd be awesome uh, at the same time this band would look so different this is champagne is also a band podcast one songwriter one song I'm Sven, your host for a journey into the music of Champaign-Urbana. Recorded in a blue box studio with a songwriter from the Champaign-Urbana music scene, past or present. Champagne is also a band podcast is proud to be a part of the Champagne Showers podcast network. Welcome to Champagne is also a band podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking with Elena and Travis from the band Soft and Dumb about their song, Tony Please, off the really recently released album, Out of Bed, which celebrated its one month anniversary back just before Thanksgiving. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. It's amazing to see something come out during this pandemic and when people are, you know, separated in weird ways and the creative process is tested in some ways. So I find that that's really fascinating that that's been happening. Welcome to the show and thanks for being here. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you for having us. As I mentioned before, we're going to be listening to the song Tony Please. And so without further ado, let's listen to the song.
Welcome back. So as always, my first and favorite question is, so did the music come first or did the words come first for the song? The music. Travis actually recorded most of the instrumental by himself. And then I came in and did the lyrics later. Do you want to talk about how you did the music? I feel like, especially with Tony Please, I feel like it's a good average of our song writing process. Even though it's at the end of the EP, it's the midpoint almost. Because how we actually did the EP was the, the six through 10 is really what we recorded. Like if you imagine starting at six and then going to 10 and then you go back to one and go one through five, it's like a Star mm. Wars or whatever situation. Like that's actually what chronologically, like when things we were, were recorded oh, okay. in, I guess. And there's a little bit of interchanging and stuff, but really what happened was it was like Tony Please was the thing that we thought would be the end. Like it I, was that's a hard way to say it before a lot of songs but when we heard it it was very much like this has to be the last song on the album i don't know yeah. it had this sort of like anthem kind of feeling yeah it was definitely the initial spark to answer your question i guess like what came first in the sense that it is this average this midpoint whatever a good summation of our overall creative process i think that the instrumentals came first then we kind of did vocals on top of it Honestly, the way that I normally write too, if I'm doing some instrumentals on my own, is I'll just kind of put in some random vocal melodies. The struggle with that is then I get very attached to them, even though the the words and lyrics are just like garbled nonsense a lot of the time. But for that one in particular, I really laid off and like let Lainey just do what she wanted a little bit more. Even my lyrics, if the song is kind of like I start the song and then she kind of closes it out. Yeah, even my lyrics were written by her. It was kind of like a weird like ghostwriter situation or something. Yeah. That's interesting because, of course, the, the opening four lines is you, Travis, singing. Mm -hmm. Since you said, Travis, that you wrote the instrumental part first, I kind of imagine that you started on that harmonic. I'm, I'm assuming that's what it sounds like. It's very, very yeah. like clean, chimey harmonic that's going on at the no, beginning. And no, you just... No. Natural harmonics. Just Well, I was even just thinking of the the oh dun 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 yeah dun, isn't, dun, isn't dun, that a harmonic super. or is it just yes um, okay. sorry those yeah. are harmonics the thing that i did totally aren't harmonics <laughs> oh, okay because i was I, well i was just thinking like was that was that kind of how that started you're just because i i imagine like me sitting in front of the tv or something like that not thinking about it and just going dit, 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 and then just thinking about how the other parts kind of would form around it because i noticed I love you do that, that that layering, you do that that build up where you have the harmonic going where it's just that one single note, da, 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 kind of laying this nice flat bass line. And then you've got the three notes that go ding, ding, ding. And then it comes back into a unison on that that third note. So and then you add the bass and it just kind of rounds out the whole the whole harmony, the the balance of what the the chords are. Was that kind of the instrumental that you're talking about building is like you you sat with an eight track or your DAW or something like that and then just build up built up on it? Or totally. Did you start this by doing like a looper pedal? No, th that's kind of the idea of it. Um, I love the thought of like being in Laney's basement where we didn't really do any recording, but that's at least where we have amp set up if we just kind of want to like run through something, which is honestly especially off this EP, like that's a very rare process for us to do. And especially since we only ever played one show and have never been able to play a show, it's like the world telling us like you guys really shouldn't, like you guys probably shouldn't play shows. <laughs> um, you know, we, we're rarely down there, but I love the idea of like being down in the basement and just like 
playing my bass like clicking the looper pedal or whatever and letting it you know do something and then running over guitar and doing something like that you know so that definitely is the vibe of it i don't think it was a looper pedal i think if you listen to 2021 dance party which is the second to last song right before tony please and that's one of the songs where they kind of like go into each other right? right that was the headspace i was in when i was writing a lot of those songs we would make something and then i would kind of leave kind of a tail end right and very much like blurring the idea you know of this construct that like oh this is where one song has to start and one song has to begin like frankly it was like i was looking at more like just making one huge song i think that it's interesting that your pieces tend to be so layered considering that it's just two of you at this point like if you were going to be performing live it would be just the two of you doing this and so your songs would sound different but i think the fact that when you're doing the recording process it's almost like if you're going to just put one layer on with just two people you might as well put on like 10 layers so was that something that from the very beginning of the soft and dumb inception would you say mm -hmm. that that is kind of where you wanted to head or was it did you start off playing kind of practicing together what was the process in terms of how it came about yeah, so I think we just started writing together with like sort of a reckless abandon. We're like, oh, we don't have to perform these. We'll learn how to perform these later. I mean, we always say like we're a two piece writing music for like five people. <laughs> I think we didn't want us being a two piece to limit us in the writing process. I think we would just come up with little parts and like, oh, we want that. But I wasn't going to let like uh, me only being the only guitarist like limit us from putting that in the song. I think that even saying like, oh, you're the guitarist and I'm the bassist or I do drums and yeah. you do vocals. Like, I think that that is just super limiting too. It's really weird because honestly, if COVID never happened, I would love life a lot more. Like that'd be awesome. Uh, at the same time, this band would look so different. You can't even run those numbers on like, oh, what if we were living in this alternate reality where COVID didn't happen, but at least what was really weird is just that where we were right before COVID was we played our first ever show. We had a couple like singles out. We had no idea back then. I was still thinking like, oh, how are we going to perform this in front of people? Right. And when COVID happened and we were just in the depths of like not talking to anyone, there's no way that anyone's ever going to play a show ever again. Everything lined up and it was easier than ever to be like, yeah, sure. Let's put 10 tracks on it. And it's not, let's put 10 tracks on it for the sake of it. I don't think it's like this maximalist approach of like, we just want to berate you with all the different instruments, demonstrate that, wow, we, we know how to play all these different things or something like that. It's just more like sometimes ideas come and sometimes it'd be like, wow, it'd be awesome if we also had all these people up on stage and like they could all play these different parts and it made this almost orchestra of sound. I kept thinking like, how would I describe your style of music? It's got a little bit of punk to it, a little bit of little noise to it, and even like just lo-fi. I couldn't really pocket any of it, so I'm just kind of curious what genre you think this fits into. Since me and Travis kind of have different music tastes, it's kind of this mishmash, just like crazy amalgamation of like noise, also like indie pop, lo-fi some goth in there sometimes. I feel personally inspired by like a lot of 90s bands. She hit on indie. I think that that probably encapsulates it the best. I'm an indie boy myself, but you know, I, I think that at the same time, that's obviously super limiting and 
even a term like indie it's constantly evolving and means something way different than it did five years ago i don't really care what we are or defined as i'm just i'm just here to i kind of care i still care a little bit he cares it's okay (laughs) (laughs) let's jump into the words so describe kind of how your lyrics kind of came about I think for the most part, I write pretty chronologically. Like, I'm just like, this is the starting line and this is this. And actually, yeah, it was weird because the experience that this song is about is not my own, but is Travis's. And he was just sort of feeding to me an experience he perceived. So it's okay. it's a lot of like, oh, a memory of a memory of a memory. You know, it's just a lot of interpretation. Stuff gets lost, but I think that's what makes it fun. There may have or may have not been a man named Tony in Travis's life. <laughs> um, yeah, I, who it's was not sort of, may or may not have been a man. There was a man in my life who may or may not have been named Tony. Okay. Well, there, there may, that may have happened. And he was sort of like this figure who cheated on his wife. Travis as a young kid perceived Tony cheating on his wife. Right. And he was this sort of like cool dad. He was the cool dad. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I've asked you if you no, wanted this to. This is the best way to do it. I don't, you know, I <laughs> no, want her is, to this explain. Is it's, it's weird because I, I'm seeing, <laughs> I'm seeing the words of we and he and you and, mm-hmm. and all you all. Now I'm understanding the characters, even though they're all, you know, you know, pronouns basically like you know the mm-hmm. we and yeah then, so like i i was that was going to be one of my questions is like what are the, what is the we's and who is the who is the he's and who is the you's and so anyway okay. no this is i think that's awesome i think i think that's really cool too because i don't remember at least me remembering what the writing process is, was like ah i really don't remember she says it's chronological something tells me that we started with we made a charm I know we we did, but the thing is, remember that when I make some demos, I'll put in kind of garbage lyrics, right? And get attached to something, whether it's a melody, Tony, please, right? Or or it's the actual lyrics or something like that. You know, something in me wonders if maybe somehow I I did say Tony, please, or I said someone else, please. The dumb chorus, right? Which Uh in a way, honestly, too, I think is like the most poppy i guess traditionally not i don't want to say pop but right but instead of it's like it's like a vocal hook where you just keep saying the same thing over and over and pounded into the ground which isn't necessarily i think how some of our other lyrics are yes it was definitely you wrote tony please and then i was like okay so what is this song about who is tony and then you're like oh well there was this guy that i knew (laughs) um when i was growing up and he was a sort of like really cool dad like i kind of idolized him and he was just this cool guy that you knew and then you found out that he was the worst dad really weird and tragic as a kid you know, we feel like we've experienced a lot more recent tragedy and to look back at some things from childhood and kind of see the the similarities mm-hmm. um, just in terms of how people behave or whatever. And like that same disappointment I felt as a kid, like thinking like, wow, this I wish this was my dad. You know, this is, the, you know, is kind of the same way that I can just feel about people throughout my life just like a random memory that popped in that we wanted to build a whole song around. It's kind of like taking these seemingly insignificant moments or at least just things that aren't like 
things that I would consider like, oh, this is the motivation for my life. Like, and taking those moments though and really blowing them up. Kind of just making everything like grander and like bigger than it actually is. Um, I mean, really, if that is what we hold on to is that it's the little things, right? Then those are the things we should be talking about. I almost went down a rabbit hole of like, okay, I wonder if Tony is a cult leader. I don't know why, but I just was like, um, you know, something about he trusts all that you believe and the, the kind of tapping into people's insecurities and making them um, like a cult leader would would tap into people's insecurities and get them to follow. But anyway, sorry, that was that was my that was where my head was following. But I think a lot of families can like can fall victim to like sort of cult like thinking, you know, especially in families with toxic dynamics. You can just be like, this is healthy. This is fine. This is normal. But it really isn't far off from saying this is cultish in a way even though the song is about this specific thing like with all of our songs if there are this focus on this little detail um it's not only for the audience that we try to use all these pronouns and whatever it's so that we can also apply it to other facets of our life other experiences in our life elena do you have a favorite part in this song is there like either a favorite lyric or or a favorite musical section that you you really enjoy in this piece i think i love the chorus that is what initially pulled me in and i was like because travis was just working on this on his own and sometimes like he'll just make music by himself and i'd be like oh this isn't for soft and dumb but then when i heard this track i would like the chorus specifically i was like oh i want to work on this oh i want to be a part of this I think the chord progression is just very like anthemic and also the chorus Tony please say something like that is just so it felt like a cry or a plea in a way that I felt loved. super moving to me I, I don't yeah I wish that we had a way to to talk about the song in terms of like oh verse chorus bridge or whatever but we really don't think like that uh-huh. and maybe they do fall into those things but I'll just say a b and c section right like C being the end that's the Tony please B is kind of the weird like where it drops into the distorted and it's Laney's vocals for the first time and a kind of being that intro like you oh. said more airy sparkly whatever that's at least how I viewed it is is like there's this a that's interrupted by the B that's that is less interrupted by the C it more kind of falls into the C and yeah that C section that she's talking about I think when she says chorus is just like I loved it I loved the slow the slow drumming of it and everything you know like it was something about like I made just those dumb chords. I started listening to a lot more music that I think was focused on chords. I'm super self-conscious about, oh, well, you're not doing enough chords, Travis, or now it's time to do a melody or now it's time to do this or whatever. Or if you are doing chords, why are you doing bar chords? Why are you just doing power chords? Like all those sorts of thoughts. And just for once, I allowed myself to just do some dumb drop D power chords mm-hmm. or something and run it through like some crappy generic distortion pedal or something but it made that chorus and then i came in and added in the drums and i like it started super busy and i was like no you need to simplify it and then i just did like the super super dumb simple drums of just like how right yeah it's like kind of this very like that's a very poppy upbeat thing but really taking it and just stretching it right and having that be the the hook in the chorus of the song even then if you think about the context and everything like the kind of disappointment and we're trying to make something beautiful out of the shitty situation it's like it's got to have the elements of both it can't just be this upbeat pop song it's we still really mm-hmm. wanted it to be slow 
I thought it was always like the super dissonant thing. And then we got this weird little review where it was talking about how a lot of the hooks are still pretty poppy and catchy. And now the more I listen to it, I think that is true. It's just more the context that we see those pretty generic, you know, melodies and chord progressions Mm -hmm. within I think is what kind of makes it feel a little more dissonant or a little more off-putting. Yeah, or something I think like we're a big fan of payoff, just like putting you through some dissonance and then you get this really sweet chorus or like this sweet little, I don't know, nice parts. So why is Tony Please the song that you picked to talk about? Well, I love Tony Please and that is, it is, I mean, we chose this song because it was like one that we felt like that we both had sort of like an equal collaboration on and also because it inspired the rest of the album. I just think that compared to some of the other songs, there's a little bit more there in terms of the narrative of Tony, please. It's something I'm comfortable talking about. Whereas with some of the other songs, it's either maybe the narrative isn't really as dense or it's something that we don't really necessarily want to talk about. So it's like, yeah, that it, it just felt it just fell into this middle ground. And it's like even with our crazy length 10 song EP, it was still really hard for us to find <laughs> a song to yeah. agree on to um to pick. But yeah, I was curious if that was an easy choice for you when I said, what's your favorite song? Whether you looked at each other and were just like, oh, yeah, it's Tony, please. Or did you actually have some discussion back and forth totally. before you yeah. settled on? OK, I think I asked. I think I like texted Lainey and she was like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then I went and listened to the whole EP, which is something I do way too many times. Like, honestly, like, even though it is 10 songs, it's only 25 minutes. It's just like a little snack. It was pretty quickly between Tony, please, and Spat, because we think Spat's awesome and Spat's like really collaborative, just the way that it came together and everything, the kind of simplicity of it, the lack of there being a bass, because I didn't own a bass yet, you know, um, stuff like that. Like, we really really like about that one and also just the general narrative of that song too which is just like we tried to make a song out of an argument we were actively having which was really an argument about nothing in particular but music making in and of itself it's like just dumb meta circular stuff like that but or even when i made it for the first time i was like this is so dumb like i don't i don't really like this but then we listened to it together and we're like this is the kind of thing that we should make a whole project of and have this be the last song of. Like we literally said that the, the first time we listened to it together and then we kind of just did everything to make that a reality. So then, yeah, then the first through fifth song, we were kind of a little bit more just like, oh, Tony Please was something a little different than the lo-fi whatever stuff we were doing before. Like, let's try to play on that maybe. And... I don't know. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know exactly how, how well it worked necessarily, but that's kind of what happened. Even in the midst of the current coronavirus pandemic, the Jubilee Cafe is continuing to serve packaged home-cooked meals free to all every Monday evening, 5 to 6.30 p.m. Meals are available for pickup outside the 6th Street door to the Community United Church of Christ in Champaign, Illinois, 805 South 6th Street. Jubilee Cafe's mission remains the same. Feed hungry people by cooking healthy and delicious meals. We are open to anyone who cares to receive a meal. For information on the meal or how to volunteer, 
go to the Jubilee Cafe CUCC Facebook page or email us at jubilee.cafe at community-ucc.org. Travis, do you have a favorite champagne Urbana venue? No. No. But I don't have a favorite per se. We played our first show at Birdhouse. I knew some of more like the Urbana House play- venues more. Um, and that one's kind of more in Champagne, but that's where we played. And we opened for this band called the Hazy Seas, and they were awesome. And a bunch of other bands, Dog Mom, and I forget who else played. But it was really cool. It was like our first show ever. We were literally in this moment. This is a week before like quarantine started um covid was in the news but everyone was like oh that's not going to make its way here that's not going to affect society at all um at least for us and so yeah we played that show and it was like we really thought we were in a position where we were like oh cool now it's time to play our next show and then we're going to play our next show and then we're going to do this but that obviously didn't happen birdhouse was cool waluigi's mansion waluigi's mansion had a bunch of bands that would come come through like bigger bands yeah yeah like those are places we really wish and hope that we would be playing and honestly we've even reached out to some of the people who ran those and like everyone's like yeah like one day if covid's ever gone you know for me especially the experience here like a really big reason of why i wanted to be in a band a really big reason why i started to appreciate music more of a lot of those things like was because when I came to college and started coming to Urbana house shows in sophomore year, I, I didn't even know the names of the bands. I didn't even understand really music or a scene or any of the genres that people were playing necessarily. Like I was not focused on music, but I just loved and appreciated what everyone was doing. And I could tell that like people genuinely cared about what was going on. It's less of like a particular venue and just more of like this nostalgia of the time that was when on a particular weekend you could expect there to be at least some party going on and you could go listen to some live music or even a dj set and just have that experience with other people you know listening to music for me it's just more about any especially at this point like any house show is an awesome and my favorite house venue you know and especially i feel like as you know we come out of covid too it's like the established ones kind of go away you know and yeah, I just really hope that people will still want to just throw shows at their house yeah. and stuff like that, which I'm sure they will. Well, I was going to say that Travis, I don't know how you're not mentioning that you used to throw house shows and at the forest. Yeah, so, I used to live yeah. in a, I guess, so I guess that might be my favorite venue. Yeah, so the bitter, forest. Bittersweet feelings. <laughs> that was just a whole other thing. Yes, it was crazy to have to try to have a party every two or three weeks you know and you get into all the things of like oh we can't pay our electricity bill we need to have a party or else we can't pay our electricity bill so that and then and then it's like well the only reason we're getting electricity is so we can throw more parties like what have we gotten ourselves into how did soft and dumb kind of come about i think we've been a band about a year now right i think we started making music since like last December last early December which is almost a year on the head that's crazy and we're in a relationship together and I've always kind of made music privately just like as something for myself and something that I just kept super private I didn't show anyone and then Travis was someone who like you know had just 
got out of a situation where he could no longer like have like a basement to like play in and we just really wanted to play music with someone. He really encouraged me to get out of like my stage fright, get rid of my like anxiety about playing music in front of other people, playing guitar in front of other people, singing in front of other people. Because I have a lot of anxiety surrounding performing and music and I'm also super conscious of, oh, I'm a girl who plays guitar and growing up I would just like go on the internet and internet comments of like girls playing like guitar covers and then it would always be like she sucks <laughs> and like yeah. that like it was ingrained in my like middle schooler brain and I was just like this is something you can never do unless you are like amazing at and then I saw her play guitar and I was like blown away like I couldn't believe I'm not that good but, but I but I was because I mean especially at that time like i've i've been working on guitar a lot more now because like i finally got my own guitar and things like that but growing up like i would only ever play other people's guitars a little bit um but i'd still like played guitar i guess on a stage in a live setting or something like that and so i think laney thought that there was something there in terms of like me having this ability or whatever but then i was watching her like playing some um king cruel cover for me and i was like i can't do that like that's that's awesome. Like you're so good, you know, it's still, this is still a thing that we're always dealing with a year later. And I don't expect that to ever go away. Like that's part of it. Really grateful to have someone in my life who is like actively pushing me to play in front of other people. Because I think, you know, people are just like, sort of like, Oh, you don't want to play in front of other people. That's fine. It's okay. But like to have someone be like, no, you should you should you're fine like i just needed that sort of reassurance that it was okay to take space in a sort of performing world and take space in yeah in in music in general and so that i'm really grateful for i always find it irritating that the one thing it's like look female guitarist is not a thing you're just a guitarist it's like when people have to tack that on female bassist female drummer That's... it's like no that's not that's a thing. definitely just a big I, I don't know it's still like something we think about you know even in the g girl plays guitar guy plays bass situation like i love that it's not like i'm the only person that is allowed to write bass parts and laney's the only person that's allowed to write guitar parts we don't at least i don't feel like yeah, this no. thing of like oh i'm only gonna play the music that i write i'm only gonna play the parts i write if we ever do play again right that like i like the thought of us all kind of knowing how to play everything or both kind of knowing how to play everything and we just happen to be playing in a certain layout. And I think that's an awesome thing. I love being in the bass and kind of sitting in the back more, at least how I view it, because, you know, I think that that happens so many times in bands. A guy with a guitar is going to be the guy who just like tries to do everything right. And I think that's really annoying, too. You, you catch us at a pretty interesting time, too, I think, in our band's lifetime, because we just put out the EP. There was a lot of energy kind of going into that. We recorded it back like over quarantine when we legitimately had nothing to do, right? Like no right. school, no nothing. There's no real, you know, it's the perfect time kind of to record music, in my opinion, if you can find the creative energy, which was another thing we really struggled with is like some days you just want to play Animal Crossing on Nintendo Switch all day because it's like, what am, what are we doing here? Like yeah. what, what we're just waiting like for the next stay at home orders or. And it's also super hard to find things to write about when you're doing nothing what i was saying about you catching us an interesting time is just like now we have all these other things like we have school you know and life 
is looking like it's going to come more back to normal where we don't just have time to sit around and you know make eps or whatever so there's a lot more thinking about like yeah what what is it what is the band are we are we doing another project what's the next project what what does collaboration look like in terms of production in terms of just like life you know we also are in a relationship so it's like that just adds a whole other layer and like in some ways it makes it harder sometimes to record together but at other times it makes it way easier it's like it's just so much and it's everything yeah. that's huh. that's for us to figure out well and and that's the thing too is like how are we going to move forward at first i thought oh my gosh we're going to you know it'd be like they'll be dancing in the streets that that's what i you know back in march you know when when this was going on and then and then it went into april and then june and that you're like Oh man, when this is finally let up, everybody's just going to go crazy and it's going to be mm-hmm. insane and it's going to be the best thing that ever happened. And it's like, well, no, it kind of rolled out a little bit and we were able to do a few outdoor shows and then, and then, uh, then it got a lot worse. And, the, you know, and so I, I, I don't know if we'll ever get that full great release that i was like oh it's gonna Mm -hmm. be amazing even if we do it's like a really slow burn right if it takes us three years to get to that point it's like are you even really gonna notice like you know yeah yeah, Yeah. you can't have the dancing in the street there's not gonna be one moment it's just gonna be like tiny little increments of change that's another extremely difficult thing to think about and the thing is I mean, we're not in too bad of a situation. Frankly, I feel like people would just be like, what? You guys are already an internet band. It looks like internet bands are going to thrive right now. Um, you know, like you're in the best situation to be in. There were plenty of bands who were totally dependent on like their income and their existence, right? Of right. being able to play shows, being able to sell merchandise, being able to do whatever, like that required all this in-person stuff. And so... Yeah. In in a weird way, I genuinely think sometimes I'm like, okay, the worst pandemic ever happened a week after we played our show. That really feels like someone's trying to tell us that we're bad. But, (laughs) you know, like, yeah, there's just all different ways we have to approach it. And what you this whole thing of like it being a slow bleed and in the same sense. There's not going to be a day where someone's like, oh, yeah, hey, guys, um, shows are happening again. They're happening. Like, I think that that's something I think about a lot is like, I think that some of the bands that are going to, I guess, succeed more are the ones that are the least caring about social distancing guidelines in a weird way. Like, and I think that's kind of gross, but that's just something I've been thinking about in terms of like, sometimes there's this part of me that's like, wait, it doesn't matter. We got to be out there. You got to play shows. But then I'm like, no, like that's so just contrary to everything we want to do, you know? So it's like, even if that means we don't get to play a show for another year, that's that's life what makes a good scene or what Hmm. do you think would would be would make a better scene i think caring just like i think a scene comprised of people who just care a lot about just you know obviously music and other people that is that is an ideal scene for me because there's so much apathy right now i mean i experienced like apathy about like a lot of things a lot of like disinterest but like to have a community of people who are like no you you need to care like that is something i think everyone needs to have and i think that's something that's definitely here like when you first reach out i think you like followed us or something and i like saw that this podcast existed and i was like I was like, wow, that's really cool. But I didn't feel like we would be guests on it. I'm like, I don't, I, I honestly didn't even necessarily view us as members of the scene. Right. And 
I get that things are shifting, right? And since everything's all digital and all this, um, but yeah, then I started listening to a bunch of the episodes and everything, and I'm like, I don't know. It's it really makes you wonder. Like, is it just proximity, right? Is it just the fact that these are all people that are making music and they happen to be in the same location? Um, or is it something more than that? And I'm sure that would help a lot if everyone could see each other and go to each other's shows. It would feel a lot more like a scene or whatever. And maybe we'd feel like we were more of the scene. But yeah, even just listening to your podcast, like Mm. I found a bunch of artists and then we'll like follow them and reach out directly and like talk about why we like this specific song or something like that. And just like, I think stuff like that's super fun to do um, because in general, I think that people caring making things feel super collaborative instead of competitive. Like there's just Mm. literally zero reason. Like if you're out here trying to be competitive, that's so sad because there's like, it's just, you know, it just feels really cool to have it be collaborative. And in, in listening to the podcast, it's like so fun to hear people from all different backgrounds and people with all different music and taste and approaches and ways of composing different instruments. Like it's just so fun to see that. COVID-19 got you down? You looking for some music? Some video games? Well, Exile Main Street still has all the things you need. New and used LPs, CDs, and video games. Exile Main Street still has something for any music enthusiast and old-school gaming devotee. Exile Main Street is taking orders, making deliveries, and pickups by appointment. They can find just about any music or video game you need. Check out their website, ExileMainStreet.com, for links to their Discogs page for new additions. You can also contact them via Facebook Messenger to see what they can find for you. They can also be reached on Instagram, Twitter, email, or phone at 217-398-MAIN. That's 217-398-6246. Elena, what is your favorite non-musical thing? Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, (laughs) Yes. Um, I've watched it once before entirely, and now I'm forcing, well, he enjoys it, Travis, to watch (laughs) it with me once again. And yeah, I just think it's so well written. I always love like 90s teen dramas Mm -hmm. i love the fashion i love buffy as a character i love how i love campiness which you get in like the beginning seasons have you ever seen it buffy yes i have seen buffy before did you actually see buffy when it was on or are you just watching it now as a like in reruns yeah i just watched it as reruns i was way too young i I was afraid it was going to be that (laughs) <laughs> yeah we're watching we're watching season five right now which i believe takes place in the year 2000 she was born in the year 2000 so oh my God. i think they only ran seven seasons so uh, <laughs> wow i'm kind of like one of those annoying young people who are like oh yeah nostalgia for a time that i didn't really have to experience so it has it feels nostalgic in a way for a time that obviously i don't remember i was born in the year 2000 but so it has you know some fashion choices you may cringe at i'm just like yeah that's awesome (laughs) also just like the writing (laughs) 
is really what keeps the show interesting for me and seeing like a female character with like a lot of depth and Buffy in particular I feel like she resonates um I just remembered that my intro to Buffy was that in an expansion pack for the video game Call of Duty Zombies um they had like this weird call of the dead map they were like horror film like characters or whatever like people in the zeitgeist of those things and i guess buffy was thrown in with like freddy krueger and other characters but anyway okay i i had no idea what's her name sarah michelle geller right? i have geller. no idea who that is like i'm super turned like don't understand pop culture and all those things but that was my like intro to buffy was this video game where the character buffy the vampire slayer was in it and everyone was like oh yeah you know like buffy and i'm like what are you talking about buffy <laughs> and my like perception of that character is so far off from what it is now because i've actually seen the right. show i'm sorry that's like so dumb um but, but what you're talking about like the the writing of buffy i just think it's so cool i think what they choose to kind of focus on is really really interesting and what from what i've read about it like i've grown up in this time of netflix and breaking bad i guess um like people talking about like oh this is the golden age of television maybe we've been in it this whole time but yeah like people were saying that stuff about buffy back when buffy was being written and people mm -hmm. were freaking out over josh whedon and you know i i guess the people writing that show i love what they choose to focus on and kind of seeing kind of another really interesting thing about buffy was watching it like a lot of just even like the social issues that they talk about are so similar to the social issues that people are talking about today. So it's like we're watching yeah, yeah. something that's 20 years old and like the, the types of things they're making little jokes about or, or whatever and like trying to display. It's like, yeah, there's always this thought of like, wow, society has progressed so far, but in certain ways, right? It's like some of those things are still really similar people freaking out back in the 90s of being like what we can have tv built around a female protagonist that's crazy you know mm -hmm. but like that's yeah. i love i really really love that show too yeah. i mean it has like sitcom elements but it just like it kind of breaks the mold a lot of the times yeah and it's not just like a monster of the week buffy the musical episode <laughs> yes. no or yes that, that that's a thing yes Yes. She hasn't gotten you, to it. Oh, well, I mean, it's not like, I mean, it's not like that's a, that's not a yeah. spoiler or anything, but yeah, there, there is a, an entirely musical episode. I feel like that's kind of a spoiler. Like just now knowing that, that this that's going to happen, every that's single character. Okay. Okay. It'll just be a spoiler when, yeah. when you, you get to the episode and they start singing and then you'll know. It's yeah, that's what I uh, love about Buffy is like Joss Whedon will just be like, okay, I'm just going to like break the mold for like a second. Like the episode where no one can speak and there's just literally no one talking. We, and, I've seen uh, that one, right? Yes. It's so cool. He's not afraid to like break the mold, like, take steps that seem unconventional in like the, in the series. Right. So I love Buffy. <laughs> so I guess Travis, unless you want to have the same answer um Dude, i mean now i feel like i do because that <laughs> that was a nice little thing to talk about my i mean mine is really boring uh it kind of makes me <laughs> uh, what i have written down here for my favorite non-musical thing is corn drive photos just driving through the cornfields to the south and east or west of urbana i'm a big advocate for just picking a random direction and making sure you have some gas in the tank and just 
yeah. driving in a random direction and sometimes bringing along a camera. Yeah. My first introduction, because I'm from like around the Chicagoland area and I came to the Urbana Champaign area for college. And my first introduction to like what people do here was a corn drive. Like somebody was What do like, you guys do here? Oh, uh, we get in a car and we're gonna we're gonna pick a direction and drive. And it was it was fun. I'll say yeah. it. It was it, yeah. it was a great time. It's part of the culture, you know, if you have at least four or five people that view that as normal behavior. Originally when I moved here we used to do that, but now that, you know, we live out in the middle of the corn and beans, <laughs> it's just like step yeah. outside and walk around a little bit. I don't know. There's something about it too being COVID and like feeling like sometimes you, it gets crowded even here in urbana which sounds crazy to say but there's still like foot traffic and even the parks and the arboretum like there's always always people and sometimes just like legitimately going out in middle of nowhere can just be so so relieving and i just love trying to come across any little random Mm -hmm. tiny thing that i think no one has seen before and trying to take a photo of it you know you go to places that have mountains or like some kind of interesting topography and you do get a sense of wow that's amazing that's great but every once in a while would be like yeah but when's the last time you could just stand in one place and look for 10 miles out forever in every direction that's the beauty of like plane you could see a storm coming and have like 20 minutes before it gets to you also thinking about like when we would drive sometimes at night you could pretty much make your way back to champagne urbana because you would see all the light pollution right right? like things like that are not things that i ever you know experienced until i came here but i think that was really cool travis elena Thank you so much for being on the show and and telling me all about your song, Tony, please, off of your very recently released album, Out of Bed. I really appreciate you taking the time to tell me all about, you know, how this this song was put together and, and just kind of your collaborative efforts and the way that you work together in order to create songs. I, I love the new look and and thoughts you have on on the scene and how that how that should look and i can't wait until we can actually all get out and and be a part of the scene and you know it's funny i haven't thought about buffy in a really really long time so it's really cool to be able to think about that show and i might just have to jump into a few episodes just for gee whiz because it's been well about 20 years thank you for taking the time and i really appreciate it thank you so much for talking with yeah, us thank you so like much our, for having us we need we need this 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 social interaction yeah and thank you just in general too for running this podcast and having people on because finding out that's a thing like yeah immediately we were like this would be so cool to be a part of so i immediately feel more connected to the scene thanks to just by listening to your podcast it's awesome well i'm glad i mean that's that's what i'd like to do with it Thank you for listening to Champagne is also a band podcast. This is Soft and Dumb reminding you, great music is out there. Go find it where you live.
You almost have an NPR voice. It's so good. Studio on the inside. Corn Drive Photos.